cold open. What were they thinking, studios, two weeks ago? So, Brendan, I've got this uh, fantastic movie uh, that we're going to watch, and you'll never guess what it is. Actually, I already guessed what it was, because I knew you were going to say that, and I uh, tapped your phone last week. You you tapped my phone? Uh, yes, I did. But you... Regardless, okay. Uh, so... Uh, can so you know what movie it is then? We're we're doing Law Abiding Citizen. Now, uh, I've got a really uh, crazy thing to tell you that happened uh, while I was watching the movie. Yes, you were drinking a glass of wine and it spilled on you, and then you had to clean it up. But then you fell and uh, you uh, you yelled out, and no one was around, and then you made a funny joke about your cat. That's yeah, that's that's eerily accurate. But did you have cameras in my house. Well, see, as soon as you told me about the uh, the fact that you were going to pick a film, I figured that would happen, so I installed cameras in your ho- but, in your home, and uh, yeah, I set them up to record at the right moment. Oh, okay, but it seems like an awful lot of work for very little p- payoff. I mean, we could have just talked about the movie. Anyhow, uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, so I fell, and I tripped over my cat, and, and I, no one was there, and I still made a joke about the cat, because, you know, I'm sad and alone, I have to make myself laugh. Um, but you'll never believe what happened next. Wait, wait you will, because you put cameras in my house. No, no, you won't believe what happened next, because after the movie was over, I got in my car, and then when I got in my car... Oh, yes, that was when your radio turned on and it was on a weird station. You had a good laugh about it. You got a little bit of a fender bender, but then you got out of it okay. You wrote a quick check and everything was hunky-dory. Um, Brendan, I, I, I think you've broken s- several federal laws, and I, I really need to know how you know this stuff because you, you work at a movie theater. Well, see, I didn't break any laws, because what I did is I became a judge uh, during the last uh, few weeks, and I actually wrote some new laws, because judges can do that, and so I gave the laws to myself, and then I, so, quote-unquote, broke them, but I didn't really break any laws, actually. And scene. And that was essentially the pitch for Law Abiding Citizen, I'm guessing, because this, this movie... The only Gerard... other... <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler is ready for anything. <laughs> the only thing, the only other pitch that I could possibly think of for this movie is if, you know, the guys who wrote it were like, they, they saw the movie The Punisher and one of the Saw movies, like, back to back on a double bill or something. And they were like, you know what? You got, my, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. Well, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. Let's make a movie about the Punisher who lives by the Saw rules. Man, doesn't that suck when you get peanut butter in your chocolate? No, it's quite delicious. Well, I mean, when it's manufactured, but... (laughs) When you spill that peanut butter in your chocolate, it's... Well, yeah, because I'm constantly wielding raw chocolate near my peanut butter. (laughs) Whenever I'm... Eating a delicious O. Henry bar, I always have a jar of Skippies nearby. Just so you can dip it like a chip dip type thing. Oh God! Someone tr- has anyone tried that out there? Please I'm let us know. Probably. Uh, tell do, me how it is. <laughs> do it with a Twix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it, I, I do have a, a chocolate bar related challenge for you. I don't want to get too far off topic, but uh, try to eat an O. Henry bar while you're on the toilet. <laughs> I will 
will not one-up you, but I will come up with something similar-ish. I have eaten an O'Henry bar while watching uh, one of those twisted movies where people tell you never watch this movie, um, where they're eating shit. (laughs) So, I had a hard time, but Uh, I got got through it. (laughs) I didn't know that scene was coming up. So I was just enjoying a delicious chocolate bar, and then people were just eating feces. Well, let's let's start but the cold open then. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, this movie does not have feces. Thank God, lots well, of I, blood though. Oh my lord, lots yeah, of blood. I was uh, the the clue I gave. Saw a biting Punisher is <laughs> man, absolutely. I actually I gotta come clean i actually kind of kiped that line just a little bit um when that movie came out uh there's a fellow by the name of scott foy who does he writes for dread central or something he had his own website i used to frequent it and uh that was one of the ways he described this movie a very apt i will say though that in comparison jigsaw is like ben stiller's fake character in tropic thunder compared to this guy <laughs> True. this guy is um like he's uh, for a while in this movie not to jump ahead too far but i thought the twist was that gerard butler played god <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now in this this viewing i think this was my my Probably my third or fourth viewing. I've seen this movie a few times, uh, but I I re- legitimately enjoyed uh, the the first time I really watched it because I was like, oh, I'm I'm almost expecting like a uh, an abominable Doctor Fibes type situation where he's got an apprentice, someone who's helping, but the, you don't know until the M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. We won't get into that right now. We'll get into it at the end. Let's. let's oh no, because kinda... the twist is far better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we open on a nice, sweet craft time with uh, daddy and daughter, and they're he's he's working in his electronics uh, workbench, and she's building bracelets for mummy and daddy, and it's a it's a sweet sweet uh, moment uh, shared between a loving family, and then the rape and murder happened. <laughs> and an implied child rape at the very least if not death yeah um and also like this guy likes to stab people in the side for some reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's his like that's his go-to uh you know the the guy uh is one of the firefighters on chicago fire Wow, what a role change. Yeah, it was... I hadn't seen this movie since I started watching Chicago Fire, and when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's going to be hard to watch from now on. (laughs) I shuddered when he goes after the child, and he says, don't worry, kids like me. I was like, well, where do you base that on? Yeah, this, this movie punches you in the stomach right at the start and yeah it doesn't, doesn't get stop. it doesn't get started fast enough definitely no. right yeah so gerard butler's wife and kid get brutally killed like less than three minutes into the movie yeah <laughs> and i don't mean like oh less than three minutes i mean literally we're not at minute three and they're dead yeah 
Yeah, and uh, so then we. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say ten years later. That's not. That's not it's yet. Not yet. We still have to deal with the lawyer scumbags at current. Yes. Yeah. This. Uh, this. Whoever wrote this movie does not like lawyers <laughs> or any you know municipal government person. Yeah. No. At all. And um, now, when we are introduced to Gerard Butler's character, first thing I noticed is he is doing an American accent. Yep. Um, it, it is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best part is that, you know how he has that, like, honestly, like, the way he talks. He The thing with his accent is he's trying to go for a New Englandy East Coast America type accent. It's it's not even close to it. It's it's almost like there's no accent. Like he's not dropping R's, uh, which you'd get from like, you know, a Boston or a New York or something like that. It it, it legitimately feels like he studied the accent but can't quite nail it down. It looks like someone else is doing the voiceover for him too. Because when he's talking, he looks like he's still talking in the Scottish <laughs> Brook. <laughs> well, that's a possibility, too. I mean, there could be a, you know, a, a really bad situation where a lot of ADR had to be done uh, for this movie. <laughs> where's, uh, where's Gerard's ADR, man? Get him in here. <laughs> it, oh, Gerard, it's you. Uh, uh, okay. The... This is, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we meet Jamie Foxx's character pretty quickly here because he is going to be... If he survives, and basically he informs him that a deal's been made without his consent. Like, he... Yeah, and the thing deal. is, with what with what happened with the Gerard Butler, his character... Uh, I don't remember his name at this point. Clyde, something Clyde. Clyde. Yeah, Clyde. Yeah, Clyde Shelton. When they said that, I immediately thought right hand Clyde from uh, Any Which Way But Loose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> compared Gerard Butler to an orangutan with a truck driver. Yeah, that would be um, amazing. <laughs> that would be. So with what happened to Clyde, um, the deal itself doesn't make sense because he would be able to speak up and say, uh, no, he was the aggressor. He was the one who actually stabbed and <laughs> raped my wife. And the other guy uh, just stood there terrified. Yeah, because the because Jamie Foxx argues that Gerard Butler blacked out, which we do see, but that's after he, he witnesses many things. Yes, and the... And, and, but the legality of it, like, you can't just make a deal and not have your client's agreement, can you? Well, Gerard Butler's not his client. He, oh, his, right. He's his, like a prosecutor. Yeah. His, okay. I guess, in all te fairness, his, Jamie Foxx's clients in this would be the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Yes. That's true. I, I, I just assumed... Okay, there are many times during the movie where I thought Jamie Foxx was his lawyer at times, and I was like, why is his lawyer acting like a police officer? <laughs> Why did they just make him a cop? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Gerard Butler, yeah, yeah, that it makes no sense because really it should be like 
open and shut. You saw everything happen. You're a witness. No jury in the world is gonna be is gonna let this guy go. No, he's he's too scummy to begin with, right? And Jamie Foxx is already kind of, is kind of scummy at the beginning because he has like a ninety six percent conviction rate without going to trial. Well, no, ninety six percent conviction rate, and he's constantly kicking ones that he's even kind of maybe leery about down to lower courts. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's, he's made a, a shit ton of deals. Yeah. Um, and Gerard Butler is not happy about this turn of events. No. <laughs> to say the least. And I gotta ask, how cold was it there? Thank you. Because there are so many scenes, not just that one, but later prison scenes where you can see their breath. Yeah. And I'm like, did they shoot part of the... They must have shot the close-ups outside. There's one where Jamie Foxx is in the, uh stairwell with his boss yeah or his mentor or whatever and it's they're inside and you can see their breath <laughs> which for a while i had a note here uh his his uh, the d i believe it's the da and his name is uh jonas which by the way their names together are nick jonas um <laughs> but but i did have a note here because there was a long time before i saw the da interact with anyone other than jamie fox and i was like is that his imaginary friend <laughs> is that like a, a colin uh hanks from like the sixth or fifth season of dexter or like a or like a drop dead friend scenario <laughs> worst imaginary friend ever <laughs> yeah friend is a loose term but <laughs> Um, I guess his his pur- purpose in this movie, that actor, uh, who's uh, Bruce McGill, he's in a bunch of stuff, but he uh, his purpose in this movie is basically just to motivate Jamie Foxx's character, I guess. What's his name? Bruce McGill? I think so. I think that's his name. Okay. I always oh, just, you... Jack from the old MacGyver. <laughs> like I said, Nick Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing, okay... Before we get even further, did you know originally? I was going to mention this before we started. I should have, but did oh, you know originally? Before, it, sorry, I got to read my note here. Uh, I, here's the here's the quote I put down. How cold is it in that hallway? Plea deal cold. No. Wow! Dun, dun, dun. Oh. I put sunglasses on. Bum ba bum. That's my music for you. Oh, you're, I like mine better. Yeah, yours makes more sense. Same I just like making. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I'm just trying, you know, just, keep trying. yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to mention this before we started, but did you know that originally, uh, Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx's roles were reversed? That would have been really interesting. Jamie Foxx playing the villain, I think would have been kind of cool, but at the same time, Gerard Butler playing the good guy, it would have been, I think it would have been kind of, eh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like. Jamie Foxx as like a, a psychopath. Oh, psych. Well, psychopath later, but like a guy kind of getting revenge on the. I don't know. I think that would have been interesting. Well, he did that when he played Electro, I guess. Yeah, he's oh, got he range. I, I I feel bad sometimes uh, for Jamie Foxx until I realize how wealthy he is, <laughs> and that he kind of gets you know. So for a long time, he got really kind of typecast as either um, like a comedic role. Uh, or um, just a, a boisterous, uh, you know, black dude. Yeah. Any Given Sunday, uh, Stealth, any of those other movies that he was in, he's just kind of this, you know, 
a boisterous and and chest puffy type of guy, and he actually has range. I mean, you can see him in Ray Collateral, even this. Well, even if you want to, even you mentioned Electro, like he's not he's he does his goddamn best in that movie. <laughs> Spider Man. Everybody was doing their damnedest in that movie. It was just it was kind of yeah. hamstrung by the unfortunate writing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, he's meeting uh, Nick or Jamie Fox, which is using interchangeable. Let's just say Jamie Fox. <laughs> Jamie Fox uh, is walking around with his friend Jonas, who's telling him basically uh, he's giving him shit. Kind of, he's giving him a little bit of shit for making that deal. I think because he's like, you know, he probably could have gone to court. You probably could have gotten a conviction that way, and like you could, probably could have put both of them away because basically the deal was that uh, Darby, who was the guy who did everything is uh ratting out ames the guy who basically did nothing yeah um and ames is getting the fucking uh lethal injection injection, while darby is getting away like scot-free and you know what bothered me about this it it wasn't the like the fact that he was making the deal like obviously that needs to be the conflict in this movie like the dirtiness part of his soul like that's what makes gerard butler hate him but um he goes home to a pregnant wife who's having a daughter, and he's comfortable with making the deal with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, that says something about his character that is very upsetting. And it made me write the note, Gerard Butler is right in just about everything he does in this movie. Pretty much, except for one big exa- big exception, but yes. we will get to that. We will we get, get to, to that. that later. But, um, okay, I have a timeline issue here. So, is it the first nine of all, and the ten? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yes. So it says. Te- so first of all, nobody ages in ten years apparently. <laughs> um, and second of all, Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox's daughter is not born yet, mm-hmm. and then we flash like very quickly and weirdly. Like it's kind of awkward. It's just like ten years later. Yep. Um, and the girl is nine. No, they say she's ten. Oh, she's ten. Sorry, sorry. And that's that's why I was yes. like, she's nine. She. They say she's ten. Yep. No, 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 no. She's nine. <laughs> Even if they had a line where it was like, I, I see. I thought what was going to happen is Jamie Foxx was going to say like, "Oh, you're ten now," and she'd be like, "I'm just nine." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Showing yep. that maybe he's not the most attentive father. That would have been. But perfect. no. This movie doesn't know simple math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't just don't bring it up that she's freaking supposedly uh 10 years old yeah <laughs> i'm glad you noticed that too because i was like am i going cr- this is the this is the worst thing to be nitpicky in this movie about <gasps> well i'm just like oh the I, physics oh, yeah. alone and the logistics of the yes. things that gerard butler does <laughs> and we're but nitpicky just like... about the fact that she's nine <laughs> but that's such an easy thing to fix <laughs> oh I'm watching it. And I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I losing my mind? That's not the right math. <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, ten years later, there's family strife. I guess a little bit, not like excessively, but basically, he's never there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has her recital. He's like, no, I gotta break. I I, I gotta break the law. I gotta I gotta put the bad guys away. And they go through this weird like cult. he's like yeah i can't go to your recital which will be a precious memory i'm sorry i have to go watch it like someone be put to death 
That's right! I can't go to recital. I have to go watch a lethal injection. Oh, it's all oh. about um, priorities as you're, when you're a parent, Brendan, trust me. I also forgot that uh, I also forgot about the scene we b- briefly skipped over when Jamie Foxx is sitting with uh, uh, Sarah uh, Leslie Bibb, who's like his assistant or whatever. We spot um, on with the damn when names he draws today. that. Like, <laughs> no way! When he draws that nudie picture, and she just thinks it's so darn funny. Yes, and then she writes down "thank you" instead of saying it like they weren't in a church. She could have just said "thank you." <laughs> But anyway, I just wanted to mention that. And Gerard Butler's wig is crazy. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> it wasn't okay. full-on Leonidas, but it was still nutty. Oh, it was still it was still very wiggy. Um, <laughs> Who's getting wiggy with it? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, man, oh, that, that uh, could have made so many jokes if Will Smith had been in the Jamie Foxx role. <laughs> oh, there's got to be a movie where Will Smith is playing, is, is wearing a crazy wig. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I just wanted to mention too. We probably should mention this plot-wise. Is before we go to ten years later, uh, Gerard Butler sees Jamie Foxx shaking hands with, well, not not offering to shake hands. Like Darby just kind of grabs his hand, but he sees yeah. them shaking hands, and that kind of sets him off even more. Yep. Um, and then you know Jamie's wife Regina Hall, who is it's weird to me, for me to see her in a drama because every time I see her, I just think scary movie. <laughs> So yeah, let's go to the lethal injection, which is intercut with the recital. <laughs> That's a weird juxtaposition, and I get oh what they're going for there, but at one point, <laughs> someone's like laughing and smiling right after they cut away from the guy getting ready to be put to death, and I didn't register right away, and I'm like, yeah. the guy was having a giggle at a death sentence. I thought that too. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> What about the scum? We're talking about. You want to talk about scummy lawyers? What about the scummiest lawyer in the world hits on Leslie Bibb at the fucking lethal injection? <laughs> yes, he was pretty fantastic. He's like, "Hey, you're looking good," <laughs> and she's like, "Fuck off." <laughs> oh, and then when everyone was clapping at the recital, I also thought it was at the execution. Well, I actually have a note: applause, uh, quite the juxtaposition with what they were actually coming away from. <laughs> So, Ames basically pleads his innocence because, he, quite, quite frankly, this is one of the most well, to be innocent. Fair, he didn't. He's innocent of that. Now, I know that there is laws in uh, several of the states, if not all of the states in the United States of America, where that if a murder uh, occurs or someone is killed during the process of another felony, you are also held liable or guilty for that murder meaning you could get the death penalty if someone like dies of a heart attack while you're robbing a bank yeah yeah oh yeah definitely like it he's not a hundred percent innocent but he's not blameless but he was not the one who did the raping and the murdering (laughs) no god no i think he just wanted to tie them up steal stuff and leave yes he was a professional yeah exactly he's a good guy that aims so well, as far as home invaders go. Yeah. So Ames gets brutally killed during this lethal injection yes. because somebody messed with the canisters. Mm-hmm. Because somebody hacked into it. Yes. Hacked into the computer system. I will that say controls this though, lethal injection. 
thank God that they didn't show that because I can't stand it when a movie's like, let's make computer stuff look exciting. Cough. Criminal. Cough. Oh, dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Exactly. Criminal is a case study in that. Going on the computer, hacking uh, other computers. Super this exciting. Is, this is better than an action scene. <laughs> Spoilers, no it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, Ames is brutally killed. And then we see Darby's got some, like, half-naked girl on the floor, which, oh, yeah. uh, by the way... He's living Dar- a scumbag life, isn't he? Oh, and, like, that girl, I don't think she would ever hook up with that guy. She's probably a prostitute. Well, I guess so. I don't know, Nathan. I like to believe that doesn't exist anymore in this world. <laughs> it's okay, Brendan. <laughs> I like that to head be... deeper into the sand. We're all living in, uh, May... what is it? <laughs> the Andy uh, Griffith town? Mayberry. Oh, Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> Mayberry RFD. But yeah, Darby is like, yeah, like stereotype, stereotypical scumbag. Smoking meth. Yeah. hookers getting drunk in his shitty apartment and this is where the movie really starts to get nuts <laughs> in a super because... good way <laughs> oh my god because he gets a phone call from uh who knows it's obviously gerard butler i'm trying to help you this yeah. is his this is the saw abiding punisher moment <laughs> yeah because yeah, even the Punisher thing, like, even, like, the Thomas Jane Punisher, because he's not just straight up going after his uh, enemies and killing them. He's, like, tricking them into, like, not turning on each other, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. like, like confusing them first and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, in the Punisher, he tricked uh, John Travolta into carry- killing his best friend and his wife. And... Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 that situation. Um, so, okay, I gotta say, does Gerard Butler have cameras everywhere in the world? Because he calls him, he knows the cops will show up. He did work he, for the NSA, spoilers. It's true, but you never see him, like, I don't know. This is pretty crazy. Like, he knows the cops will show up. He knows that Darby will unload his gun and not have any bullets left. He knows, like, he knows way too fucking much. But with this movie, when they get to the point where the, you find out how Gerard Butler worked for the government and the NSA and all the stuff that he did. As much as I enjoy this movie, I really think I would have liked to watch that movie more. Oh, and do you know what scene <laughs> this movie was definitely missing? What's that? Gerard Butler getting the pufferfish venom. Mm. <laughs> because Darby... Okay, first of all, Darby the gun, sees the cops, yes. the cops arrive, and he just unloads on them he's done nothing like he he did not kill Ames so I don't know why he's firing at the cops well we don't know that he hasn't done anything I mean we have a pretty good idea he is he does apparently have a fair amount of crystal meth possibly a prostitute in his uh, in his lavish apartment Um, He, he does he does say Bitch, leave. Yeah. So, I mean, she does leave. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. so the, he tries to... F- he takes the gun from uh, the cop, 
disguise yeah, or the disguised he, cop. <laughs> oh yeah, I had no idea that was gonna be Gerard Butler. What I a disguise! <laughs> Going to be How did Darby not know? <laughs> like Gerard Butler invested in that blonde wig, and then turtle, I gotta ask because <laughs> we see that he uh, he put the real cop like in the trunk, right? So I gotta ask, I wonder if he got a wig that was the same as that cop. Doubtful. I would have loved to have a reveal where they open the trunk, get the cop out, and he looks exactly like Gerard Butler. That would have been, that would have been, that would have pushed it right over the edge. (laughs) Oh yeah, because nothing else in this movie does. No, but I mean. (laughs) Everything else is apt. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, like, lures him into a cop car where he's waiting with a blonde wig and glasses, the best glasses ever. (laughs) (laughs) He lets him steal his gun, I guess. Well, he has to. Yeah, and I'm like, what if Darby had, like, other bullets on him or something? Or, like, his gun hadn't have run out of bullets. Do you know what I mean? Well, he He took a lot of risks. Again... Gerard Butler is omniscient in this movie. <laughs> he is Jesus. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So he takes him. Uh, he takes the Gerard Butler cop. Gerard Butler's gun. Rupees, yeah. Yeah, but the twist is, it's, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's filled with puffer fish venom that stab. He rigged this gun to have, like, spikes come out of it when you push the trigger, and... or you pull the trigger, whatever, and, uh... it, like, fills him up with pufferfish venom that just paralyzes him from the neck down. Hmm. Well, um, paralyzes him all over. He just yeah, he yeah. can't do anything, uh, but he, he'll be wide awake and feel everything. Correct. <laughs> Which, I love how they chose pufferfish venom. Well... Um. That's an, such an inspired choice. <laughs> he does move his head a lot, though, for someone who can't move. I gotta say. I only know it's a move in his eyes. Maybe I'll have to watch it again. Darn it. <laughs> oh, dang. You'll have to watch it a second time or a you know, fourth I, time. You know the funny thing is? I have this movie on Blu-ray. I Same. bought it in a two-pack with The Punisher. So I, have so, I have Law Abiding Citizen and The Punisher as a two pack DVD Blu ray combo. So they knew that they knew right away. Yeah. They were like, yeah, it's 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 a Peanut similar. Butter film. and Jelly, man. That's these movies. Put them together. <laughs> um, so this basically becomes a torture porn for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, this says a lot about me, but I have a note here is I wish the whole movie was this. Wow. <laughs> Just this Gerard Butler slowly torturing this guy. The guy killed his wife and raped her and possibly did the same thing to his eight-year-old daughter. I wish the I whole movie was this. Said, I would love to watch his bloody vengeance. I thought when he said kids like me, he was just finding that kid uh, a foster home because the mother had been killed. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie I uh, Spit on Your Grave? Yes. I get behind those movies because I want to see those per- those people straight up torture, murder the people who wronged them. Because they so, wronged them in such a fundamental way. So you're saying you would have preferred if the movie was, maybe let's say five kidna- five uh, 
people breaking into his home. And then the rest of the movie was just Gerard Butler slowly killing every single one of them. That would have been delightful. <laughs> I Spit on Your Grave, starring Gerard Butler. Oh, no, no, I Spit on Your Grave has to be a woman. Oh, okay. Uh, Last house on the left. Uh, it's Le- Leslie Actually, Bibb. That's the best uh, analog I can make here. The Last house on the left. Yeah, hmm. even the remake. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So, he basically tortures the shit out of him. Uh, he, uh, he gives him, like, adrenaline so he can stay awake. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically cuts off his limbs, like, one at a time. And his penis. And his penis, right. With a box cutter. Because that's the thing that did the raping. Right. <laughs> You see, guys, we're also like a, a podcast that informs as I well. I just have a note here that says "penis box cutter," and I I, I want to start a punk band with that name now. Penis box cutter. Penis box cutter. Yep. Like a I can get I can get behind that. Not physically though. <laughs> Actually, You'd buy our T-shirt. Yeah, I'll buy your. I'm definitely. I would walk around with a penis box cutter shirt like yesterday. <laughs> so. Uh, this is this is crazy to me. They say they found Darby in twenty five pieces. Yeah, I thought he just cut off his limbs. <laughs> is he, is he... fingers one at a time? I'm guessing. Okay, seems like an awful lot. Um, hit that that death like uh, discovery is gory as hell. Yep. <laughs> like you see his head. You see his. Uh, um, yeah. And then, and then we meet, uh, what's his name? What's his, the actor's name? Colm, Colm Meany. Colm Meany. Um, yeah. From, uh, yeah, from Con Air and Star Trek The Next Generation. Who basically, any serious situation, he has a joke for it. Actually, we met him earlier um, when Ames was killed because they started a homicide investigation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, immediately. It was a death penalty. You're going to start a <laughs> homicide. Sorry, he killed him harder than we could. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I mean, that's kind of this movie overall. <laughs> really, it's fun to watch, though. Uh, yes. <laughs> and there's no criminal hacking scenes. Thank so, God. okay, so this <laughs> can you tell me? Okay, they figure out that uh, basically at this point they they they're looking into Gerard Butler because they figure okay Darby didn't do that uh, that lethal injection because uh, he's dumber than a tampering. sack of hammers. Yeah, like yeah, like he didn't. I we're gonna we're gonna go out of the lib here, uh, no pun intended, and say that <laughs> Darby didn't have the smarts to hack into the uh, U.S. Uh, government services <laughs> where they order their poison for lethal injection. Yeah. Can uh excuse me, this is uh this is a police officer. Uh could I have the really bad poison? <laughs> what? You know, the really, really bad poison does bad icky stuff to you. Are you Not really the... a cop? Of course yeah. I am. Yes. Uh uh What's Jaywalking. Officer police cop. <laughs> well, okay, checks out. Wait, you're not Officer Police Cop. I've known Officer Police Cop for 20 years. He doesn't sound a thing like you. <laughs> he has a Scottish accent. We're going into a we're going into like a Family Guy territory here. <laughs> so, <sighs> okay, so Clyde or Cl- uh, I almost said Clive Owen. Gerard Butler uh, basically is setting himself up to be arrested 
Yes. At this point, which we obviously learn later is for many reasons, but he to, he's yeah. uh, he's getting ready to be arrested. Uh, why does he get naked? I have a couple of theories on this. Um, one, uh, for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the lady the cops, to be specific. But um, have you ever seen the movie Panther? Panther? Yes, Panther, the movie with the ba- about the Black Panthers. I can't say I have. Okay. Well, in that movie, uh, there's a scene where uh, the cops or federal, I think this might have been the FBI, anyways, they have uh, one of the headquarters of the Black Panthers surrounded, and they're calling them out. So everybody starts taking off their clothes, and one of the guys is like, what are you doing? And they're like, if you're naked, they can't say you were reaching for a gun. And the other guy was like, I'm not taking my clothes off. And everybody strips down naked, except for this one guy who I mm. think he gets down to like his boxers and his undershirt because he doesn't want to get naked. And they all come out. They're all naked except for him. And the one guy who's not naked gets shot and they plant a gun on him and say he was going for a gun. Okay. So I'm well, guessing makes a little bit more sense. the reason why he got naked was so they can't say he was going for a gun. And then when they bring him out, he has jeans on. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, you must have watched the uh, the regular cut because I have an extended cut. We got nothing but ass. What? Even when they bring him outside? Like when they arrested him and took him out the front door? Yeah, he was naked as a jaybird. Weird. So, do you think in my copy they CG'd some jeans onto him? It's a possibility. <laughs> well, That's. That's I know crazy. for a fact that they uh, they CG'd um, uh, briefs or tidy whities onto Dax Shepard into the Chips trailer. That's insane. Or maybe it's Michael it's like, Anyways, somebody you know what? somebody's getting carried in one of the uh, in that trailer, and he's wearing underwear. But then I saw the Red Band trailer, and he was buck ass naked. That's insane. That's like. You know what? For this DVD release, I say we give. I say we make this uh, for the ladies, and then the other half were like, "You know what? I'm a little bit of prude. I think in Salt Lake City we put jeans on them." Well, you might have watched the theatrical cut. I don't know. I have the Blu-ray as well, but so I'm not sure which version thing, I watched. With, with all the with all the gore that we've had to up at this point, I can't see why you would bother CGing pants onto somebody. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, we just saw a head, uh, and, like, limbs everywhere and blood everywhere. We better put jeans on and We want to let the audience take a breath. No Scotsman ass in this movie. <laughs> no, this is not Braveheart, guys. <laughs> okay, so we get the first, uh, meeting of, this is, like, this is the, this is the real shit coming up. This is, like, Pacino and De Niro and Heat right now. Hmm. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Gerard Butler having just their across first. each other uh, on the table, oh, head to head. And again, it's very cold. Yes, it's a cold place, Brendan. <laughs> yeah. So this is where, this is the action really starts to kick off here, and it's good because we're we're only like what ten minutes into this podcast. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but but basically, uh, Gerard Butler wants a bed. Like a he nice tells bed. He he fake confesses first. Like he does it in a way where he's not actually confessing. Actually, I really like that because. Yeah. When I was watching it, I was like, ah, I see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's saying, yes, I wanted to kill him. Yes, I had planned it in my head, yeah. but he never says, I killed him. Yes. Like, not once. 
Yep. Um, but he does say it, you you want me to uh, to to give you information or to give you a full confession, then I want a better bed. And Jamie Foxx says, fuck no. <laughs> Which I'm like, just give him a bed. Like, <laughs> even like Jonas is like, J- just Jamie give Fox, him the damn bed. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> he's, um, he's maintaining his presence or his command over the situation, I guess. Um, we get a very disturbing moment here with the with his kid. You mean the worst Netflix delivery ever? <laughs> okay. So he had to, Gerard Butler had to have known Jamie Foxx's address, which, okay, fine. Like he had 10 years to figure it out, but <laughs> it's a matter sent, of public record. Yeah, I guess he sent that in the mail though, had to, to be delivered on a certain day, I guess. And immediately the kid's like, Oh, my recital tape. Yeah. It's not that at all. Nope. It's uh, murder the murder porn. of... Yep, murder porn yep. for the cellist. And, yeah, and the, the kid is scarred for life, I would assume. Eh, she's from Philly. She'll bounce back. <laughs> well, Jamie Foxx is like, it's just a horror film. <laughs> yeah, tell her it was just fake. Yeah. Well, I, it, I got it from... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that... Regardless, okay, um... It's still gonna mess a kid up. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, Gerard. Okay, so then this is um, this is also Gerard Butler swearing in this movie is so awkward. I find. Yes. When he it's says he puts I mean, fuck in, yeah, like, it's really weird when he does swear, but it's 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 it goes back to the accent, I think. Yeah, definitely, because he calls someone a dumbass in this scene. He says dumbass. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I got a question too here. How did this get made? Oh, sorry, that's yeah. not oh. us. <laughs> hey, hey, what? what? I, I, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with that. Not familiar with them at all. No, oh, no. Um, <laughs> they they say quite a few times they have zero evidence against him, right? Mm-hmm. Zero physical evidence, right? So, would they even be able to hold him in jail? My understanding <laughs> is, if you are arrested. You could be held up to 72 hours without being charged. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, you just solved that mystery. That's what TV's told me. But, I mean, to be fair, TV also told me you could join the military instead of going to prison. <laughs> oh, Michael Dudikoff. But I do I do believe the 72 hours thing is a legit thing. Okay. So... He gets his bed. Yes. Because, like, well, why the fuck not? When, why the fuck wouldn't you just give him the bed? And uh, we this is where we get the first indication his cellmate is not too happy about this. Well, neither is anyone in the prison, because he's got this big, nice, fancy bed. And um, basically, he... Uh, I, I think they go to court at this point. Yes. They go in front of the judge. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely... Uh... He lays into her. <laughs> oh my god, like a bitch in heat. Yeah. Holy shit. Because he pretty much, like, argues his case, and she's about to set bail. But he calls her a bitch in heat, and says, this is this is why the, the legal system is so messed up, and basically she throws him out, and he goes back to jail. Yeah. Now, um... <laughs> another... 
Now this is where we get uh, we set up another murder uh, about to happen, I believe, because he said he says he's got information on Darby's uh, lawyer. Yes. Um, that he will that basically Jamie Fox has to give him a nice meal from a very specific <laughs> restaurant with pom frites. Pom frites. Fuck you, pom frites. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> um. So here's another question. Why don't they just take the food from the waiter? Why does that poor waiter have to go into the jail with that food? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, God doesn't get paid enough to do this. Yeah. And they open the cell. Like, Gerard Butler's not wearing... Well, he's handcuffed to the thing, I guess. But Gerard Butler's in the cell. The waiter's right there. Like... Oh, <laughs> before we, we, got some we, hazard pay. I, we ran over the part where we get the title spoken in the movie. Oh, he says, I'm just a law abiding citizen. Damn right. He does. <laughs> I cheered. <laughs> I was like, good on you, sir. Good on you. <laughs> they had to get it at some point. I actually put in my notes here that I was rooting for Clyde at this point in the movie. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I'm not rooting so much against Jamie Foxx, but I am rooting for Gerard Butler. Well, I will say, at a, as an anti-hero, he's delightful. Yes. I just wish they... I don't understand... Because Gerard Butler... Okay, Gerard Butler was in a movie where he was playing an Egyptian and he kept his Scottish accent. So I don't know why he couldn't have just kept his accent. <laughs> that, that fucking movie. Gods of Egypt? Great Awful. movie. I agree. Oh my god. So... Okay. Stylized fever go... in that movie. <laughs> he gets his food. He gets yep. his food. Um, the terrified the... waiter tells the waiter to tack on a thirty percent tip. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess that's his hazard pay. Yeah. Um, and basically, he says, "Well, it, well, they actually they they they're late with the food because, because the warden had him check it and check it again." Yeah, the warden wanted... Jamie. Fox's character earlier was like, I'm not giving him the bed because I need to assert my dominance in this relationship or this situation. And the the warden is doing exactly the same thing. Jamie Fox does alpha male shit. Yes. And well the warden does too because the, he's like, It's my prison, I'm t- I say what goes down, check it again. Yeah. And it makes them late. Yep. And because of that <laughs> At, well, he gives them the longitude and latitude they take off, yeah, and they just find has out that, that... Committed to memory. What's that? He hasn't committed to memory. The longitude and latitude. I, you know what? He anything with Gerard Butler in this movie. He's omniscient, hyper intelligent. I just had to accept that and go with that. That he'd be able to process and maintain the longitude and latitude in his memory for the duration. Yes. But, I will I will give you that because like I said like you said this is not the most insane thing in this movie. So they fly yes. there, they find out unfortunately uh the what's his name's lawyer? Uh scumbag McLawyer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately he has died uh because they were late. Yeah. He, his oxygen was set to run out at 15 after 1. If they had been in Gerard Butler's cell, giving him his food at one o'clock, they would have had the fifteen minutes 
to get from the prison by helicopter, because Gerard Butler knew they'd take a helicopter. <laughs> he knew it. To the site and get the lawyer out of the uh, out of the ground, and you know he would be alive, but he ended up suffocating. Here's another wrinkle in his plan. Um, what if they had gotten there on time and the lawyer was like, oh yeah, Gerard Butler put me under there. Okay, he's in jail now. <laughs> well, he was already in, in jail. This just would have been another charge to add the myriad of charges because he'd still have to be waiting there for his trial to happen. Yeah, but I mean, if they had saved him in time, like, I mean, it kind of would have been a failure for Gerard Butler. <laughs> no, because... They would have still been prosecuting him on the other two murders. They wouldn't be like, okay, well, we got him for for kidnapping and false imprisonment, and we're going to send him away for twenty or twenty-five years. Uh, we still have to make him accountable for the other two these other two murders, so we still have to go through all the process for that. I also I have a note here that says asparagus continuity. <laughs> okay. I think it's because when he's eating the asparagus, every time it cuts back, it's like the same length. <laughs> like he never actually eats it like he eats it and then it cuts back and like it's still the same and then he cut, it cuts back and it's like it's even longer like <laughs> it's some always fantastic crispy, though always crispy oh oh my lord the, the sound effects oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and this so, is the part where you kind of yeah i'm not okay with this murder like yeah they have the stake uh him and his cellmate who from Everything that we've seen, his cellmate, while a rough-and-tumble-looking chap, has not done anything to accost or assault Gerard Butler. Uh, he shares his food, his super expensive food, with him. But Gerard Butler keeps the T-bone from the steak. Mm -hmm. And then knifes, or stabs, or I was going to say bones him to death, but that sounds weird. That's actually what I wrote. <laughs> He boned him to death. He boned him Stabs to him death. in the neck with the T-bone. And, like, just buckets of blood are shooting out of his cellmate. And it, he kills his cellmate in straight up in cold blood. It's one of the only murders I'm not okay with. Because he was not in any way associated with or attached to the murder of Gerard Butler's wife or kid. That is correct. Um, the one thing I will say is that he is using this to uh for another purpose because he knows it's going to get him into solitary and that will lead to another reveal later of course yes um the thing is about this scene i i'm not even like okay i don't know if realistic is the word but like this is one of the most effective like death scenes i think i've ever seen oh it like, was it's straight up brutal brutal like i thought for a second no i didn't think i was but it felt like i was watching like a real murder yeah. Because he is just stabbing him in the neck. The guy's not reacting over the top. He's just kind of slinking down. Yeah. And, like, blood's just coming out, shooting out everywhere. Oh, my God. It's just brutal. like someone turned a garden hose on or something. Oh, man. It's it's crazy. Like, yeah. this is the most brutal death scene I think I've seen now, in many a, time, many a year. I think that they could have fixed this... Or at least got people like me all right with this guy getting killed if they had revealed that, that he was like, I don't know, like the head of the Aryan Brotherhood or uh, if he was like a, you know, a 
pedophile or something. Yeah. Just something to you... make the guy scummy enough that when Gerard Butler stabbed him in the neck with a T-bone, you're like, no, that's okay, I'm alright with that. Quite possibly that also may have been cut from the final film, right? Possibly. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I know what you're saying. You gotta give him... Give him something. Like, even if he, like... Like, yeah, he's, he's, like, talks to him in a scene and he's just like, oh, yeah, I killed a kid one time or something like that. Mm. Or just, like, he's in there for raping some... Like, a, like a woman or something. Yeah. Some kind of scumbaggy trait. No, uh, not here. Wasn't he listening to Bowie? Was it Bowie? I thought... I just... I know they switched to heavy metal at one point. Mm. Was it Bowie before that? I think so. Oh. Well... Um, so he's dead, and he goes to, uh, solitary some, confinement. I've got some weird notes here. <laughs> Shit. Whis- dialed it back. Whiskey? I don't drink whiskey. I'm classy. I drink gin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. No, I have two notes here. One that's just, wow. <laughs> Is that just applying to the whole movie? I, I guess. Um, the note, uh, wasn't he listening to Bowie? Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? He was someone had uh, uh, Jamie Fox or somebody had mentioned about his shitty taste in music. Okay, Colin Fior- Colin Meany said it. He said he had like shitty taste in music at the iPod because they had taken the iPod apart to search for evidence. I'm like, he was listening to David Bowie. That's like the least shitty music you can get. Yeah, you listen to this shitty music. He's got like Queen on. Yeah. And um, for some reason, I have a note that says, um, yep, yeah, uh, uh, diddling justice. I think that's when he was playing with the Lady Justice statue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when he's, you mean the scales? Yes. Okay. That was the most ham-fisted thing in the whole movie for me. <laughs> because he's, he's balancing the scales of justice. Mm. Oh, I wonder what we're talking about, movie. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we're between right and wrong. It's that moral ambiguity. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we meet the um, the fellow who uh, tells them everything they need to know about what Gerard Butler's done for the last ten years. Not before Jamie Foxx is a dick and shoves, like... Well, that was a quite bad setup. But not before Jamie Foxx acts like a dick and shoves, like, Gerard Butler's uh, bracelet in his face. Oh, the, the daddy bracelet, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, go ahead. We meet Deep Throat. That's right. Yeah. Well, I my note for that guy. It's like, oh, it's it's that dude. That <laughs> dude Bond. I, I don't know the actor, I just seen him in a ton of stuff. <laughs> okay. Um I I was also like at first when they said we're gonna go talk to someone, I said like, Oh, did did we did we already meet this guy? No, oh, okay. Nope, they go talk, and it's the only time we meet him again in the entire yep. movie. Yeah, so Nick Jonas gonna... goes to meet with him. Yep, and we find out that Gerard Butler is an absolute mastermind. That he had uh, <laughs> yeah. perfected Which the I ability guess. to kill somebody without even being in the same room as them. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a think tank operative, basically. Which, yeah. at least they gave him something. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't just make him a normal dude who went crazy in ten years. Yeah. Um... Can we just uh, safely say that this is probably the worst judge ever? <laughs> because she's basically like, "Wait, you want me to take away all his civil be- his civil rights and benefits?" Uh, okay. Yeah. 
And then, and then, holy shit! That... The first time I saw this, I jumped. Yes, <laughs> because she answers her phone. Bang! Yeah, right through the head. Yep. Like, I thought at first it was like a bullet, and then I looked and I was like, "Oh shit! No, it's it's a cell phone bomb that he somehow got into her cell phone." Yeah. <laughs> the judge is Fifty Shades of Dead. <laughs> She, like, we watched it, and uh, Patty was watching it with me. And yeah. uh, when that happened, she thought she was gonna jump clear off the couch. Oh, it's it's jarring. Yep, it's it just, just comes like right out of nowhere. Yep, like an RKO. Boom! Boom! Boom got we it. Got it in there. Good job. Oh, it took took a while, but we got the reference in. We did. Who? That was a close one. Okay. When uh, so it. Basically, uh, Jamie Foxx is oh, getting a little. Before you do that, I actually have a note right after oh. the judge. Uh, you're welcome, Brendan. What? That's my note. You're welcome. Oh. <laughs> to you, like you're welcome for this movie. I'm so glad I could give this to you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I feel like it was a good exchange with Killer Clowns last week. Yeah. Um, and for this movie, uh, I also thank you because I already had it on Blu-ray, so it was easy to get. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, this is where, basically, when he hears about Deep Throat, Jamie Foxx starts to get a little paranoid, as one would, mm-hmm. and basically sends away his uh, wife and daughter, which, oh, by the way, we barely see them in the movie. Like, they almost are, like, cameos. Yeah, they're not, they're, they, you get the, uh, the bit of the first where you're like, how could he make the deal not having a wife and a daughter on the way? Uh, then when she has her recital, uh, and then when she has a psychotic breakdown because she, you know, uh, you know, couldn't handle her torture porn. What a baby! Sees that. Boohoo! I can't handle stuff. I have to suck my thumb. <laughs> they should have hired Nick Cage to investigate that video. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, oh man! If he had showed a... up and it's his character from Eight Millimeter, that would have been amazing. I'm just trying to understand. Where's James Gandolfini? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is the point where uh, Gerard Butler hilariously says, "I'm gonna kill everyone at six o'clock." At six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So everyone's like, "Well, shit!" So they're in their office and they watch this all night. <laughs> They watch the clock. Yep. Like it's New Year's and or something. We haven't really mentioned her a lot, but um, Leslie Bibb, who plays Sarah, I think she's actually a fairly underrated part of this movie. She doesn't do a lot, but uh, like she's like she's pretty good. And she she does lend uh, a bit of humanity to the office that they represent. Yeah, because she kind of says like the whole like, well, maybe we shouldn't just go after the easy conviction rate thing. Yeah. And she's she's definitely like we need to be more, uh, you know, humanistic with our the way we treat the people that we prosecute. Yeah, because she doesn't want to go to the she doesn't want to go to the death sentence. Um, she has like a tenuous personal life because she's on again, off again with a boyfriend. Uh, so she's kind of got her feet in both worlds. Like she doesn't want to be full on career gal where she's just focused on being a lawyer. Uh, but she also wants to be 
good at her job. Yeah, yeah, she's actually like a fairly complex character for like a side, like a, a, a small supporting role. Yeah. Um, I almost thought, I wonder if there was a draft of this script where she and Jamie Foxx had some kind of affair. Because I almost felt it was kind of building to that a little there bit. There was a little bit of tension and, you know, you could definitely see that sort of thing happening. Uh, I'm glad they didn't, but... Yeah, it would have cheapened it. Yeah. But it would have... It would, it would almost... It would be... It's yeah. the thing, it would have cheapened it, but it would have, again, it would have made her, uh, unfortunately, dying in the movie uh, to be not, I guess, warranted, but it would have been like... It's the old horror trope. It's like, if you're not pristine, you're not going to make it through the movie. Yeah, exactly. And and this is where you finally, I think, well, for me anyway, I finally start to feel more sympathy the other way. Because Gerard Butler, like I said, promised to kill everyone. And yeah, he, and he said, well, I'm going to kill everyone at 6 in the morning. And he's so rigged. they all hunker down in their office until six in the morning, and then decide yep. to go out into the wide world. In their cars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is where he crosses over from being an anti-hero to a full-on villain. Yes, because he's rigged them up like dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I gotta say too, as good as she is, Leslie Bibb, you had plenty of time to get out of that van. She's sitting there for a solid 30 seconds. Unless unless he rigged the lock so that once they got in, the door's locked and she, you couldn't open them. That that I thought of, too. But you don't really see her struggle. You just kind of see her sit there and look look scared and then blow up. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the only ones that survive this are Nick Jonas. Yes. I love calling them that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So this and this is also it's like holy shit he rigged these cars to blow up at like a timed intervals oh my god i can't stress this enough guys you need to watch this movie <laughs> even though we're spoiling the whole thing like you should have paused at the beginning and just watched it and then come back yes so okay uh we get a, i think this is where like we get a thing with uh uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, Cole Meany uh, go to the jail and pretty much beat the shit out of Gerard Butler for a yes, bit. Cole Meany is living up to his family name. He is such a meanie here. <laughs> pretty, yes. And I'm also pretty sure that's a no as far as prison goes. Um, that <laughs> they just let people take prisoners randomly outside the gate to tune them up. Are you sure? Like, I think I think it's it's okay to do once in a while. Like, holding them at gunpoint? Like, that's a no-no? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought maybe martial law had come into effect or something. <laughs> but, yeah. They beat the shit out of him, and he basically says, like, blah, blah, blah. This is going to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to keep killing everyone. You haven't learned your lesson yet, Nick. It's going to be biblical. Oh, that's right. Or at least, you know, a Greek myth. (laughs) See, because he was King Leonidas. And Egyptian. And Egyptian, or Egyptian, yes. (laughs) 
Oh my god, Gerard Butler, you are you we need to do more Gerard Butler movies, that's for sure. Oh, I absolutely get on board with that. And I and this is totally off topic, but I just want to throw this in. We haven't done a Nick Cage movie yet. That is that is odd. That we are 21 episodes deep. Yeah. We have not done Nick Cage yet. That is hmm. strange. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, this is where I wrote down, I think Gerard Butler is God. I think that's the twist. <laughs> Viola, Viola Davis finally shows up. Yes. And she is, well, she, not the actor, but the character. She is awful. She's like, this is all your fault. I don't care if this guy's a think tank genius. How can he be outsmarting you? This is my city. This is how you get away with murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because yeah, 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 that's right. There you go. <laughs> yep, Suicide Squad. Um, oh my god, that movie. <sighs> that movie is far worse. I have still yet to watch the extended cut, the one that apparently oh. makes a little more sense. I find that hard to believe. Mm. Wait, is it, the character introductions are uh, seventy-two minutes long instead? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. We're getting we're uh, round in the round in the bend here because we get uh, the one of the one of the last few um, genius Gerard Butler attack scenes because he uses Johnny Five, <laughs> his maximum overdrive cousin, <laughs> to just destroy people with this uh, artillery mounted robot. Yeah, they're at the funeral for the everybody. I, Everybody, well, see, here's the thing. I thought it was everybody, and it might be, but I thought at first they were just at the funeral for Leslie Bibb's character, and I was like, what about everyone else that died? <laughs> I didn't know them that names. well. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, they were extras in this in this police station. <laughs> I actually have a way to describe this, what happens afterwards. This is bazonkers. Uh, it's a mixture of bazooka and bonkers, because this is bonkers yes also how did no one notice that that like fairly big robot rolling around just with a trucking through with a giant the grenade launcher on it and a 50 cal machine gun i want to see i want to see the scene of gerard butler uh, or whoever we don't know who it is i might have just spoiled it um (laughs) rolling like operating that robot all the way from where it started to the, to the funeral. Yeah, just like going through the streets, like cars are stopping. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no one notices. It's driving like alongside all the cars, and then whoever manages to make all the car, like one of the cars stop. Like he can, he stops like the controls or something. Yeah, like a, like he shuts down the. I don't know what he does, but he stops it. And that's the end of uh, Jonas. Yeah. With the Jonas, bazooka. Jonas <sighs> dead, baby. Jonas dead. Mm. Yeah, a bazooka. He gets bazooka to death. <laughs> I don't know. It's a oh, pretty noble end. Right. You know what I got to say here? <laughs> what were they Bring thinking? me a Bible. Oh. Bring me a Bible. <laughs> he has a Bible caddy. That's what I... Yeah, she has a Bible caddy. Just give me a Bible and some dude shows up. You know, would you like King James Version or uh, New World? Or I can actually... I got the the, uh, the newest um, uh, modern English translation. You can use that. 
Yeah. I mean, because... just picturing somebody with like a bag full of Bibles that they carry around to swear people in with. Here you go. Got one. It's like, got it's like that. Uh, it's like that. There's a sketch with like Will, an old sketch with Will Ferrell where it's like a shirtless Bible salesman. I just pictured him coming over me like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, Viola Davis, again, is uh, she's the mayor, I guess, right? But um, crazy because she's like, okay, Jamie Foxx, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to deal with this. You're the DA now. Yeah. Bring me, bring me a Bible. <laughs> I mean, she's talking about giving meter maid shotguns and stuff. Oh, she is insane. I think she's just her Amanda Knox character. <laughs> I think it's the same person. <laughs> she got a promotion. Yeah. All right. So we get to the twist. Because Chester, who we never see, by the way, mm-hmm. is uh, Leslie Bibb's uh, off-screen boyfriend. Yes. On again, off again. Mm-hmm. He gets some information about some properties that uh, Gerard Butler owns across the uh, across the country, I guess. Yes. Or and in the tri-state area. Yes. And Jamie Foxx takes along his buddy. Uh, Col- How the hell do you say his name? Colin. Colin. So ever, it's like okay, think of uh, Colin Farrell, okay. right? But yeah. just instead of with, pronouncing it with an N, pronounce it with an M. Gotcha. There was no I, so I wasn't sure. I'd just been calling him Colm. Column. Yeah, like like a, okay. Yeah, it's it sounds like you know like a building column or something like that. Well, building column and Jamie Fox <laughs> go to this warehouse that Gerard Butler owns. Yeah. Because that's the only one I believe uh, in the area. And... Well, it was the one that was it was closest. Yeah. Uh, to the prison. Right. Yeah. So, what do they discover? Tunnels. Here's the thing with this. They, um, they're going to this place, and they're going about it like they're, like they're covert, and they've got to do it, uh, they can't tell anybody. You're the DA. Get a warrant. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he doesn't want anybody to know that he's doing this or the stuff that he finds. It's like, you're the... You could... You could he's killed a judge. Yeah, and that's like... several of your colleagues, I'm sure you could find a judge sympathetic enough to sign off on a warrant to search a, a person of interest's property. Yeah, you just basically proved it. Like, right there. Mm. Like, Jamie Foxx had just found everything he needed to find. Yeah. Because all so the tunnels all lead up to all the solitary confinement cells, which I'm guessing he did. So this is crazy. So in those 10 years where Jamie Foxx's daughter went from zero to 10, um, (laughs) he has managed to, or sorry, zero to nine. My bad. Oh, wait, no, they say she's 10. Okay. She's nine. Get it together, Brendan. I'm sorry. This movie is okay. So in those 10 years, that it's means the only plot point that I care about is the only part of the movie that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, She's nine. Way. She's nine. Fuck this movie. What were they thinking? <laughs> so Gerard Butler dug tunnels to every solitary confinement cell in the prison. Yep. Because he knew he was going to end up in prison. Because he knew he was going to get caught. Well, he he went out of his way to do it. Yeah, because but but he wanted to wait till Ames was killed. 
um, set the whole thing in motion. Okay. Well, how did? Because what remember, he if? Took, he what took if? The, uh, just a second. He had scratched on the back of one of the bottles. Uh, you can't fight fate. Which is what that asshole says to him in the first scene. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mouch from Chicago Fire. <laughs> yeah. Derby. Derby. Yes. So, but what if, like, to another prison? Uh, well, that's, it's kind of like, um... To a different jail. No, he wouldn't be because... Could that not have happened? No, because he was being held awaiting trial. It's kind of like in New York, uh, when you're being held in jail, you would go to Rikers Island. Because that's the jail. It's not a prison, it's the jail. And that's where you're held while you're awaiting trial. I, it's, it's... Still crazy though. <laughs> like, it is crazy, he, but it's, he had to find where he knew all exactly these... where he was going. Like he knew where he would be held if he committed a crime. This is where I was like, I am no longer on board with you, Gerard Butler, because <laughs> Jamie Fox finds his like uh, disguise hut, yes. and where he keeps all his bombs, and he <laughs> he has more outfits. Co- like costumes, makeup, wigs, then like Lorne Michaels, like wardrobe designer office. <laughs> no most the janitor. Another character by Gerard Butler. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, he finds everything. And this is where basically he finds out Gerard Butler was, is going to attempt to basically kill the mayor, blow up City Hall. Yes. Or blow up at least the room that she's in. Um, and yes, he becomes a janitor. But we've talked about how he has cameras absolutely everywhere. Yes. He doesn't put a camera where he puts the bomb. Nope. Dumb. And that's, you know what? That's his hubris. I guess. (laughs) That is where he crosses the line into villain and becomes... (laughs) You would think of someone who's so meticulously planned everything that he wouldn't leave absolutely anything to chance. You would think that, but mm-hmm. Gerard Butler made a fatal error. Mm-hmm. He tangled so, with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you don't fuck with Fox. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he becomes a janitor. He goes past the metal detector to kind of give him a sideways look, but they let him through. Uh, and he sets up this bomb. That Jamie Foxx and uh, Column, Column Meanie. Uh, immediately find. And this is where we get pretty much to the big uh, the big moment, to the big climax of the film. Mm-hmm. Which, again, this part is also crazy. <laughs> and because, y- yeah, go ahead. Jamie Foxx becomes a murderer, too. Uh, yes, and also, <laughs> he is taking a real risk here. Because... He's basically killing. He's basically uh, filibustering until Colomini gets the bomb over to where Gerard Butler's solitary confinement. So we should know. Oh, I don't know if I made this clear. Gerard Butler was doing everything himself. Yes, there's no accomplice. There's no like um, theater of terror where he has an assistant who is like yeah. a family member who has been helping him the whole time. He's been sneaking in and out of prison to uh, enact his uh, devious plans. Yeah, no one's noticed either. No. 
<laughs> they don't they don't really go over and like look at the cameras for the solitary confinement cells they don't ever check on them so it's fine it's a pretty old prison i don't know if they have cameras in there and if they did gerard butler is a technical mechanical genius he probably would have just put the whole thing on a loop like speed <laughs> that's true <laughs> um yeah so jamie fox yes he becomes a murderer and yeah like he doesn't know how long colomini is going to take to get there so he just basically filibusters now like he took a real risk because like what if colomini hadn't made it there in time yeah like oh oh he, he, yeah uh, it would have been it would have been a disaster <laughs> if he'd been if gerard butler had been shut up yeah yeah you know you don't have to do i already did it oh shit <laughs> you what <laughs> so basically gerard butler indirectly ends up murdering himself because he detonates the bomb even though Jamie Foxx, I mean, to his slight credit, he does try to save him. Um, yes. But, like, but like, Jarbella doesn't know why, so it's kind of under a false pretense. True. <laughs> but he uh, he tells him not to do it. Don't do it. Think about your daughter. What, what would she have wanted? Blah, 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 blah. He does it anyway. And basically, there's this cool-looking shot where the flames are, like, surrounding Gerard Butler as he dies. Big explosion. I got um, big explosion. And my question is, how many other prisoners died? <laughs> yeah, and Jamie Fox just walks away. Just walks away. Doesn't look back. Yeah. And so also, finally go to a recital. <laughs> was there no one else ever in solitary confinement while he was there? I don't know. Because cover that. Wouldn't they have seen the tunnel? Like no, what were it was, they it was thinking? Behind the tunnel would have been behind. It's behind something. Remember, yeah. they have to open it like a hatch. Yeah. So anybody who else was in solitary confinement would not have known about it. That's true. Yeah, I guess. And also, Gerard, as Gerard Butler would say, they were all probably a bunch of dumbasses anyway. Dumbass. That's what yeah. branches are for, dumbass. Does does J did Jamie Foxx go to that recital on the same night? <laughs> that would have been chilling. Was that what happened? Because it I don't sure looked so, like it. But it would have been. Oh well, I killed him. Oh, I, just, I have time to make it to my daughter's recital. Yeah. Which I thought the daughter and the mother were still out of town. Well, that proves then that it wasn't on the same night. Then you've just proved your damn you movie your question. I'm glad we could damn it help you sort that one out, Brendan. Oh, you have so many answers to my questions. I appreciate it. Well, at least I could do. You knew all the, uh, <laughs> you knew all the actors' names. <laughs> That's true. That's weird that I did that. <laughs> I knew that. I, I didn't the, write any of them down. The I don't know. supporting characters. I don't know how I remembered Leslie Bibb. <laughs> it's a pretty funny name when you think about it. it. It is kind of funny. She is in a lot of movies, but like nothing that where she's like. Oh, it's Leslie Bibb. Do you know what I mean? She's just <laughs> like, kind of there all the time. Yeah, she's one of those character actors. She's like that that guy. That guy yeah. Bond. Do 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 do. <laughs> Who we never saw again. <laughs> um, this this is where I will say to not take our word for it. Don't take our word for it. But maybe you should because this movie doesn't have very good reviews. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that the idea? Like, I mean, I don't understand why. I really don't. Because Well, I do and I don't. Because I feel like if you take it at face value, 
it's insane. Yes. Um, if you try if you to delve as, into it and peel back the layers, it's insane. As, as we have done, yes. <laughs> um, it, like you, well, you posted something earlier in the week about canon films, and that I thought of that too. Um, especially w- watching like American Ninja and how crazy that movie was, mm-hmm. but you, you kind of accept it because of the way it's set up. Which Law Abiding Citizen is like canon films with like a huge budget. Yeah. Did it did it do well? Well, let me take a peek. I will, All right, will you take uh, a I peek? I will mojo that you for wiki it for you. <laughs> I know the director uh, F. Gary Gray also did uh, Fast and the Fur- uh, like at least some of the Fast and the Furious movies. I think he did the last one. Uh, yes, the most recent one, which oh, that's a good one too. You got <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, budget fifty three million. Uh, Box office one hundred and twenty six point seven million. That's that's I'm assuming that's worldwide. Well, it just says box office here on the it, wiki. It might actually that might be U.S. That's uh, that's pretty good. I'd say it was a hit. That's absolutely it. It made double its budget back. Yeah, yeah. Even if you count marketing in there, I think it still made quite a bit of profit. Yeah. So that, yeah. the <laughs> one thing I gotta say here, as we say, don't take our word for it. The funniest thing I read wasn't even on Rotten Tomatoes. It's there is an official law-abiding citizen fan site. Wow, <laughs> and their 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 thesis statement, I guess, on the front page it says this: If you ignore the unoriginal plot and the massive pile of negative reviews, it's pretty good. Here, but check this out. I'm looking at it now, um, yeah. and this is one of those movies that is absolutely uh, has the critics and John Q. Public divided because. It only got 25% from the critic scores, but it's a 75% for audience score. Yeah, and even if you check like uh, the the internet movie database, um, it has a 7.4 out of 10. So, yeah. So audiences enjoyed it, critics not so much, which doesn't surprise me. Sadly, there's nothing here but bloody offcuts from Death Wish, Saw, and The Silence of the Lambs. In roughly that order. You left one, you left out The Punisher. Uh, yep. Two, that is a shopping list for a great time in a movie. Yeah, I don't know why that's a negative review. Yeah. Uh, this one says, from comingsoon.net, uh, Law-abiding citizen may be the most nihilistic movie I've ever seen. Okay, sign me up. Yeah, that's also a negative review. Like, what are what what are you thinking? Yeah, that there's gonna be some sort of redemption. No, his wife no. and kid were murdered. <laughs> um, it, uh, Simon Foster writes one of the more repugnant examples of Hollywood's cheap thrill approach to violence. Its voyeuristic brutality is matched only by its innate stupidity. Uh, I believe after that it should say five stars. <laughs> Um, there is one good critic review here from film.com. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's out of place for October, but there's no reason you can't enjoy a mindless piece of candy against the backdrop of fall foliage. Why is it out of place for October? I don't know. That is a strange thing to say. I, I, maybe if it was in December, <laughs> but like, that's like saying all October movies have to be about the fall foliage. <laughs> 
Like, what? What? I want all my summer movies to take place during the summer. I want all my winter movies to take place during the winter. And if you open a non a non Halloween movie in October, God help you. <laughs> like Quick what? Flicks Quick Flicks noted it's exactly the kind of film the phrase by the numbers was invented for. But like the best genre films, it acknowledges its niche and goes all out to top its predecessors. That's Quick a positive flicks. review. Yeah, yeah, Quick Flicks gets it. They absolutely do. Here, here is a surprise. Do you know what Top Critic gave this a positive review? He gave this a three out of four. That oh. would be a Mr. Roger Ebert, the late Roger Ebert. Oh. He said, this is his quote, The explanation of Clyde's methods is preposterous. Agreed. But it comes late enough that F. Gary Gray, the director, is first able to generate considerable suspense and a sense of dread. Yeah. So, I mean, he said, basically, Roger Ebert says... You know, it's crazy, but really it's well kind of crazy. Yeah, like it's still technically well made. Um, if it, it, that's you know, Roger Ebert, very sad when he passed. He was one of those critics that like he didn't didn't necessarily give negative reviews to bat to like stupid movies, like yeah. over the top stupid. He gave infamously he gave Anaconda a three and a half out of four because it's delightful and enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's dog shit crazy, but it is enjoyable. Um, But yeah, that was Law Abiding Citizen. And yes, thank you. I will take that you're welcome and say thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, don't take our word for it. There are people who do get behind this movie, and it's fantastic. It's the audience. The audience. You! You, the audience. And you know what? That's really all that matters at the end of the box office, right? Well, yeah. If it may double its budget back, it's technically a hit. So, well, speaking of not being a hit, I do, have to, <laughs> I do have to uh, tease what's coming up soon. Well, before uh, we do that, oh, oh, yes, you do, do have that. to talk about a certain uh, Simeon. Well, actually, um, I've I've brought him along here. Uh, if you just oh, give me a second, oh, yes, excellent. So just, you want to? I've heard this? he doesn't like you. So, well, I'm not, I'm not a fan of being in the same room as him. But uh, I will. Yeah. So, hello! It's your good friend Montrose Monkington III here. And I'd just like to, to stop by here at the, the What Were They Thinking podcast. That's what you do you do here. It's podcasting, yes? Yes, correct. Okay. All right. Well, yes, yes. I would like to stop by and say uh, uh, thank you to everyone who's come by my, my site, uh, or not, rather my Facebook page, and also my YouTube channel, uh, and subscribed and liked uh, and, and become friends with Montrose on Facebook uh, if you haven't, um, shame on you, uh, shame. but get out there and, 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 and look me up, uh, Montrose Monkington III Esquire and friends on Facebook, be friends, uh, with your friend Montrose, and also check out my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV, uh, on YouTube, uh, actually, to, uh, there will be several videos in the coming weeks, uh, not to mention the ones from this past weekend, uh, with the wrestling of the WWE Backlash. So, uh, thank you, Brendan, for, again, uh, having me here to promote my show. Uh, Nathan, you are a bag of dog crap. Thank you. More later. Wow. Montrose, before you go, can yeah, I just yes. ask you one quick thing? Can I get your prediction on something? Yeah, please do. Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal. No, I, I don't want to hinder Jinder at all. I, I want him to go all the way. 
Thank you. I, I completely agree. Excellent. Well, again, thank you, and uh, uh, best of luck with uh, casting your pods. And maybe you should make fun of Nathan one more time before you go. You you smell, you smell terrible, awful, like like the uh, like the underside of a Welshman. Oh wow! Cutting right to the bone. He, I, you know what? I, I'm nice to him. I'm nothing but nice to him, and yet he just just always always taking the piss out of me. I. The check is in the mail. As long as the checks keep clearing, I'll keep promoting them because I'm a worthless <laughs> show like that. But okay, so how much did you say this budget was for this movie again? Fifty something million. Fifty three, I believe. Okay, so I'm gonna say that this next movie uh, that we're gonna be doing is probably about fifty three dollars budget, <laughs> folks. Is that the clue? Uh, <laughs> no. Well, that's I guess it's a double clue, but I just wanted to set it up like that. Folks, we've seen The Room. Well, not on this podcast, but you've all seen The Room, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen Birdemic. This is quite possibly worse slash better than those movies. This is uh, something I found while browsing the interwebs, looking looking for terrible movies. I had so many other ones lined up instead, but as soon as I found this, I just broke down and I could not... I could not not do it. Now, this so, legitimately made it into theaters, right? This played at least in a theater at some point. Okay, <laughs> this had a release. It was on DVD. Okay. So That's not it, important. The important <laughs> thing is, did it make it into a theater? Because it, if it did, then we can do it. It made it into... It did premiere at a theater. Yeah. Right. And it's an official movie. <laughs> It, 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 yes, you will find out. It, nobody will know what this is when I tell everyone, but you, you will you will need to watch this. It is on YouTube for free. I will say as well. So, what's so that's point? always a good sign. I don't know all that stuff I just said. <laughs> so you know, rambling stuff about a crappy movie that made it into a theater and that looks like it was made cheaply. Like a clue is almost like a, a like a good clue is almost un, unnecessary because, like I said, I don't think. Hardly anyone has heard of this movie. I didn't hear about it until like two days ago. Okay. So, but yeah, um, I guess you know, like I don't want to. Str- well, do you have any other questions about this? I mean, movie. I do, but okay. All right, all right. I, I just I gotta ask you then. Uh, okay. Okay. In a movie mm-hmm. where Gerard Butler is essentially Jesus. Okay, well, omniscient at least. Omniscient. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to affiliate any religious figure to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a movie where gore is... In a movie with one of the brutal, most brutal death scenes in history. Mm-hmm. In a film where assumptions are made in almost every scene where almost to the point where the movie should just be called Assumption. <laughs> okay. In a movie where two characters together form the duo Nick Jonas. Right. And finally, in a film where, you know what? This movie's awesome. But I still gotta ask you. What's that? What were they thinking? <laughs>